Welcome everybody to Podcast of the Week. I'm kind of burpy today, so I'm trying to get this out in a single take because pizza always seems like a better idea at the time than it actually is in in like in in execution. Because then you're just like, oh, I ate too much pizza. I don't feel good about myself, and you don't feel good about yourself for a few days until you clear it out of your system. But yeah, there's there's a weird discussion of me feeling gassy because of pizza. We are talking about Oscar-dominated film Captain America the Winter Soldier today. See, see the way I'm pivoting, because I'm going to talk a little about the Oscars. I don't really have a horse in the Oscars race this year. I really liked Arrival, and I hope that wins. I was pretty confused to see Arrival nominated in so many categories, but Amy Adams wasn't nominated for Best Actress when she was she was basically that film. She was all of that film, nonetheless. And, like, I saw La La Land this week. It's okay. I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's pretty good. It's solid. I think if you took the last, like, five minutes and turned it into a short film, that would be a much more effective piece of, of filmmaking. But, eh. I, I, don't, I don't get the hype around it. I'm not, like, one of these people that's a bad film. It's not. But it's not great either. Nonetheless, that's my musings on random Oscar films. Good performances in that land. I'll, I'll give them that. The two central performances were actually very, very, very good. And probably worthy of nomination because you can, you can have good performances in a film that doesn't quite push all the buttons that I would have liked it to push. But yeah, we're talking about Captain America this week. We're returning to the Marvel Cinematic Universe to talk about the tremendous Captain America The Winter Soldier. Welcome back to Podcast of the Week. On the week of the Oscar nominations being announced, I figured we'd talk about another Oscar-nominated film. So Barry is back to join and talk about Captain America the Winter Soldier. Not a winner. That's... I'm already angry. I know. Best visual effects? Didn't didn't get it? What bested it? I have no idea. I'm gonna, I'll check that there. Joining, actually, The Suicide Squad as an Academy Award-nominated film. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you get weird things creeping in here and there, you know, uh, in, in, in the, in the lesser categories that will never make TV. Um, Interstellar was you, the one that beat it. Well, that's fair enough. I guess that's, that's understandable. That's tough competition right there. That is um, also nominated that year were Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Guardians of the Galaxy and X-Men Days of Future Past. That was a good visual well, effects uh, year. That's a pretty damn good. Those are all good films. Guardians of the Galaxy has great effects. Um, but uh, Interstellar is... I've only watched it once, and I feel like I shouldn't watch it again because it's like... Not a good I film. Very mixed, well, kind of, yeah, because I kind of had mixed feelings on it, but the sheer spectacle of it all kind of wowed me, and so I came out of it kind of liking it, but I feel like uh, if I go back and watch it again, the, the feelings of trepidation I had for the first half of the film would take hold for the remainder of it now that the shock value is gone. And I'd basically just say, oh, it's actually not that good. I feel but, like yeah. Interstellar oh. is one of those like six-second rule films. If you think about it longer than six seconds, the whole thing falls apart. I think that's a, I think that's a solid Nolan rule, generally speaking. <laughs> yes, um, it is. So we're talking about Captain America the Winter Soldier. Like this at the time was the time like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe was kinda like, oh, it's a it's a fun little side thing, comedy films, but then this film came along, it's like, oh, this this is like a real film about things. It's uh it's it's kind of a powerhouse of a film in, in some ways, in the sense that um like you mentioned, it's it feels like it's first of all, it doesn't feel like it's kinda of paint by the numbers. It doesn't feel kind of boilerplate in the same way the other ones do. Yeah, it's it's really something. 
and and I think I think I think we can both agree like easily the highlight up to this point in the uh, in the MCU that we've covered thus far, and it's realistically pretty much not even close. Yeah, uh, uh, it, it, it's 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 really quite great, and I, I I'm looking forward to to kind of diving in here. So we'll start with like it was directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, who are known for doing television comedy. Yeah. And the thing I found most interesting watching this film back is I think this is the least comedic Marvel film so far. Maybe Hulk. Hulk wasn't that much of a comedy. But, like, it, there's, there's jokes in there. But this is this is not a comedy in the same way, like, Iron Man is kind of just a comedy. Yeah, and, and there's there's a couple of quips in there, but they're really quite small. Uh, uh, and they are just kind of tension breaks. Yeah, it's it's... I mean, the thing people have kind of talked about with the Captain America franchise is how they are kind of all doing their own... Uh, separate thing. I mean, the the first one is is a kind of a war Indiana Jones escaper, um, and, and this one is more of a kind of a little bit espionage, uh, a little bit big budget action, uh, a different kind of action to to um to the typical Marvel fare. And yeah, it's 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 pretty light on the comedy. Uh, you mentioned Hulk. I mean, I'm trying to think of other things. Every pretty much everything else leans into the humor a lot more. Uh, you know, Iron Man, Captain America One, um, uh, what else we got? Like Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, the the Avengers films themselves—they're all—they're all pretty damn comedic. Um, and maybe the next least comedy focused one would probably be then Civil War. So yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's like you hire these two people who are really good at television comedy, and then they go and make like a, a very drama based superhero film. It's kind of neat. And and also, you know, uh, kind of. They've they with with this film, I mean, they just shot themselves to the top of everyone's kind of action movie directorial wish list with with this movie. That's not only a great story, uh, uh, you know, well directed, but has just some of the best. I mean, watching it back, I was just like, oh yeah, I remember why this movie is so awesome. Uh, just some absolutely fantastic action set pieces, and, and they have a real sense of style about them. Like, I feel like you can. If you watch this movie, you and, and, and like you can really tell their sense of style to their to their their action set pieces. There's a real there's a real it's kind of hard to describe like a real kinetic energy to their fights. Like a lot of a lot of movement. It's not just it isn't two dudes in a room having a fight, but it's also not just a big CGI mess. It's really kind of somewhere in the middle. There's a lot of really clever direction. Uh, you know, uh, it feels like there's a lot of moving parts. There's a, there's there's just a lot going on, and it's it's really really cool. Because this film opens on, I, th- I actually think it's my favorite film in the whole uh, scene in the whole MCU. The scene where it's just Cap running through a boat, just just wrecking yeah. a bunch of dudes, and it's so well shot. There's like these sweeping shots of the boat as he's running around and drop kicking people over the edge. And it's just like yeah. God, you know how to shoot an action film, and specifically for Captain America. Yeah, there's there's the shot on the on the boat, um, and I believe it, there's it's replicated again somewhere later in the film. He's like they've got like um, what are those isometric, uh, for lack of a better term, isometric kind of view, kind of slanted top down view, and they've got uh, and all these angles of Cap like dashing from room to room. If you know what I mean, I mean it's it's very very uh, energetic and it, it's really cool. And you mentioned kind of how he's drop kicking dudes and things like that. I mean they have this great balance of kind of uh, comic booky physics, but I, I you know 
like the sound effects that everything makes is perfect. Um, you like one thing I love about this movie and 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 Civil War as well is every every pang of the shield as it bangs off something is just perfect. Uh, every every time Cap drop kicks someone into the side of a car, the the noise is is great. Every every shattered glass, every every explosion. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily their handiwork, or you know, obviously a lot of people work on these movies. Uh, but there's there's real care taken to the little details of the action scenes like that. So we we had most of the main cast returning: Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Sebastian Stan were all back. Of course, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones was out because he would have been dead long ago in this film. Yeah, uh, Haley Atwell was still in it though. Which was uh, I actually completely forgot she was in this second one. Yeah. Yeah, so in the first Captain America film, you had the really strange making Chris Evans very small. And in this one, you had making Hayley Atwell look very, very old. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, you know, uh, I thought that looked better than the the um, the the small Chris Evans, you know. Which they did have in this film very briefly, just to creep you out, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. So I was getting a bit too comfortable, you know, keep me on my toes. Uh, that I mean, that scene with, with Atwell is, is is pretty damn good. I feel like um, uh, I feel perhaps it's just a necessity because of the nature of the time jump. But uh, I feel like she's maybe underused in 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 the sequels. I think obviously her funerals in Civil War is it? Yep. Um, you know, and it's it's nice that they they brought that character back twice. But um, I would have liked a little bit more of that. One of the one of the few very 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 few criticisms I kind of have of this film is that something they kind of. I don't know, tease, maybe not the right word, but something they kind of allude to early in the film, that very first scene, actually, where he meets Falcon, is, hey, I'm a man who was frozen for however long, and I'm trying to deal with being in the modern world. Um, and that's not really something they do much of at all. It's just a little, a little, um, you know, some little flavor for the character, you know, just to remind you, hey, he's new to this era, blah, blah, blah. But it's never really something that they bring to the fore too much, and that's just a, a minor complaint. Because I remember the first time I watched this film, I was like, "Oh, that's interesting. Is that going to be a, a facet of what this film is?" And it, and, and it unfortunately wasn't. But um, yeah, she she is kind of the one real tie to his past or his original life, rather, um, uh, that they that they bring up in, in any kind of important way. The whole man out of time thing is realistically it almost feels like an excuse just to have that list of pop culture things. Yeah. Which, yeah, I'm not sure if you know this. They actually localized that by region. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like the the US had the moon landing and I love Lucy and Steve Jobs. The UK had Sherlock, the Beatles, the World Cup final. Spain had Raphael and Nadal. Uh, France had uh, France '98 and Daft Punk. Australia and New Zealand had Steve Irwin and, and Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. Oh wow! So that, that's a neat little thing to just drop into your films. I would have I would have gotten Skippy the Kangaroo if they put it on our list. Apparently, I, I I seem to remember this at the time, but they did a poll for the TV show in the UK, and Sherlock obviously won it. But there was like a campaign yeah. at the time for Father Ted to win it. It unfortunately mm. didn't come to come to pass. But that would have been an odd thing to see in a Marvel film. Just a, a random Father Ted reference. <laughs> yeah, Sherlock feels kind of safe. Although I don't know that if I if someone was thawed out from a block of ice from you know world war ii or even further back i don't know that sherlock is something i would mention to them that they had to immediately 
But that's me being pedantic. I like Sherlock, but I don't know that it would be on high on my list. Yeah, Sher- Sherlock is the single most like essential piece of television of the last seventy years. Yeah, I mean, I only started watching it like a year ago, so, so, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, you know, it would me. I mean, look, hey, who knows how long this series of films is going to go on? So uh, maybe they'll, uh, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they'll um, uh, do something else with Cap struggling to exist in this era. Because uh, this, I mean, and this film in particular kind of gives me faith in that because this is the film where they finally they finally got a villain that had, or, or you know, an apparent villain that uh, had some depth to him, had some stuff going on here more than more than just you know the generic evil businessman. He was an actual character as opposed to just being I'm a bad guy that needs to be punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Bucky Barron is back as the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, and, and even, even though, you know, that, that reveal is obviously long since, you know, revealed and, and known to everyone, uh, I still, I still feel like that all plays out very well in the film. And, and, um, even though we really, at this stage, we have allusions to it, obviously we, we, you get the general, uh, gist of what happened to him. They don't really get into super specifics until civil war, but, um, yeah, you know, like it's it, brain watching, watching stuff happens. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the that's the top and bottom of it. They give you like one scene, but yeah, it is um, it is really great uh, uh, the way they they give Cap someone uh, who he's like hesitant to fight and not in a oh I'm a do gooder who doesn't want to beat a guy up kind of way, but in a uh, you know the sheer shock of seeing him alive and then the, the puzzlement at, at at what he's become. It's 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 really great. Um, and plus, I mean, I think the the Winter Soldier design and look is is really cool in the, in this film. I think they did a great job with it. I really liked actually how they recapped the plot of the first film, where they just had Cap wandering through the museum, and it's like, if you didn't see the first one, this is kind of everything you need to know. And and these Marvel uh, films kind of exist in 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 this weird way where you kind of have to do that because they call them a cinematic universe and not you know. They're not all direct sequels, and even though this is kind of a this is a direct sequel to Captain America One, we've now kind of established this culture where you where people like to be able to pick and choose which of these they they watch because there's fifty of them, you know. So I I appreciate that, especially since even though I came around on the um uh, uh first film, it, there there isn't really a, a bunch of consequence that happens. It's pretty much Bucky dies, quote unquote dies. And Cap gets brought forward. That that is the, the crux of it, really. Um, and they establish Hydra, obviously. So, um, so yeah. Um, one thing as well. Speaking of of, of the Winter Soldier character, uh, I think I spoke on, on a previous podcast about that video doing the rounds about Marvel music and how it's kind of the one missing element of the MCU. Uh, they don't have any really memorable original compositions that uh, that stand out. I do think that this film does have one of the few good examples of a of a memorable kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe song. I feel like the, um, for lack of a better term, the Winter Soldier's theme, like during that big set piece in, in the streets, as he's kind of emerging from the smoke, being a badass. They have a, there's a certain shrill tone they play. That, yeah, that, that, like the, I, was, I was going to mention it. There's a moment where he's he's standing over Black Widow and he's about to kill her before somebody intervenes. Yeah, and they play this. They had this big shrill piece of music. It's, it's actually, it actually like it creeped me out. It's like, oh, what's happening? This isn't a Marvel score. Yeah, it's it's pretty damn cool. Uh, it's it's a shame that it's such a decidedly villainous piece of music that they can't really apply to Winter Soldier anymore. 
but I, I watched this and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. You know, they. I wish, I wish the music was this personal in the other films, but uh, you know, I think maybe in general, not just Marvel, but I think in general when you're when there's a level of churn with these movies, like you're you're knocking them out, you got to hit dates, you got to get them all out in a certain order, blah blah blah. That I think the, I think music is the natural kind of sufferer. Uh, there, it's tough for like really talented composers to 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 work that way. But uh, yeah, we've talked about that before. But that's why I wanted to make a mention of that. That was pretty cool. It's, it's part of the really great presentation of the Winter Soldier uh, uh, in this film. They just introduced him as the coolest character um, imaginable. And Henry Jackman did the score, by the way. Okay, I'm not familiar with anything else he's done. He did Big Hero Six, Civil War, and Uncharted Four, actually. Oh really? Uncharted Four had 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 pretty damn good tunes. Well, uh, I still haven't seen Big Hero Six. I love that film. I love that film. Yeah, so everyone much. loves it. I gotta get on that. Uh, but I, I'm kind of now they've they've announced the Oscar noms. I kind of want to get through that list. Um, what have, I, I've year. seen Moana. Kubo's very good. You should see Kubo. That's great. Yeah, what I should, Yeah, that's on my list as well. I, I really gotta see that. And yeah, and then you just have to go see like Moonlight. Just you know, take it, take the Oscar list. Yeah, I I I was surprised it got a, I heard great things, but I was surprised it got a nomination. I rented for pretty much as soon as I finished the show. Going to watch Hell or High Water. Um, sounded like my kind of film anyway, but it was kind of a surprise entry on the list there. So I'll check that out. Uh, and I've already a good seen Western, Lover. which barely exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it's, it's one of those genres I wish was better because I, I love the idea of it, but uh, I digress. But uh, yeah, so um, trying to think what else kind of jumped out at me sort of in this film uh uh gary what's shandling yeah gary shandling shows up with the yeah. least subtle hail hydra i've ever seen in my life yeah also like the least um out of his comfort zone acting of all time he's just gary shandling walking around in a suit yep um it's great that's what i like uh you know uh he he was a great uh hateable politician he was uh-huh. in iron man 2 for your mcu continuity well, see, God, it's not even that long since we watched that, and I can't remember. <laughs> uh, I feel like I probably, I feel like at the time I probably noticed it and all, but um, I remember him fondly in this film. But yeah, he's great. Um, supporting cast across the board, I thought was pretty solid. I mean, you had the Shield Hydra kind of um, treachery, and I feel like the higher ups at at Shield did feel a little bit like that typical MCU evil businessman villain, but it's it's fine considering you have actual Winter Soldier in there, so you can kind of you can look past that. But um, because yeah, Robert Redford yeah. replaces Tommy Lee Jones as the old actor everybody knows who's actually really good at acting, but is yeah <laughs> slotted into the kind of I'm a bad guy. Yeah, and Robert Redford's fantastic yeah. in everything, but yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. There's only so much you can do. I'm trying to think. They, I, I, one thing I didn't notice is, I guess it's the benefit of hindsight having seen Civil War is that they also um, alluded to uh, Hydra being responsible for for the death of the Starks. Did they do that here? Uh, yeah, in that in that big that big info dump uh, in the uh, in the bunker. Oh yes, the, yes, yes. Uh, they're they're flashing all this these newspaper clippings and and B roll of war. And there's there's some line about people who got in the way are disposed of by Hydra, and they very deliberately show a newspaper clipping of the Starks. Um, and um, that's being, how, that's how Cap knows yeah. in the next film. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's a quick little thing, but it's it's in there. Uh, nice nice little touch. Yeah, it just um, it just sets up the next film in a, a subtle but not like this is important to remember it kind of way. 
Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a big. It wasn't a big moment. Nothing pulled focus. You know, it was just a, a little thing. Yeah, so that that was a nice touch. We had a little Danny Pudi cameo as well to keep some community tie-ins with the Russo brothers. Yeah, and that that'll follow into Civil War as well. There's a community tie-in there and an Arrested Development one in Civil War. I'll point that out when we get there. But that one is fantastic. All right, I don't. I don't recall that now. Actually, so I'm going to keep my eyes out for it. Indeed, um, this film was violent. <laughs> Yeah, there's people getting wrecked in this movie, like, more than I remember. That's one thing, actually, that's jumped out at me on, on a repeat viewing here, is that they um, they kill tons of people in this movie. The villains kill tons of people. Uh, the Cap and his buddies kill a bunch of people. Uh, and, and in some pretty gruesome ways. I mean, I I completely forgot that, that, like, Winter Soldier, like, rips a dude out of a car and throws him in front of an oncoming truck at, like, 60 miles an hour. <laughs> Uh, I completely forgot about that. So that was that was quite. A... There's there's a bit toward the end as well where he just kicks a guy into a plane engine and the plane explodes. Oh <laughs> yeah, and like it, it results in a big gigantic explosion as opposed to just big chunks of viscera going everywhere. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, they they did not have that. But again, you know, they're going for this is supposed to be like a, a modern espionage thrillery action blockbuster. So you 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 can't you can't pull your punches on that one. So um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's, it's it, well, I would say violent. I don't know if necessarily violent is the word because it's it's all relatively tame. It's bloodless. But uh, it got, it's got a body count certainly is is what I would say. And I do like it toward the end when the the air carriers are crashing to the ground. They have the obligatory everyone is clearing the area scene. Yeah, yeah, naturally, naturally. It's a staple of the MCU. Uh, in terms of, of universe building, there's not much. There's a Stephen Strange name drop in there. I didn't even catch that. Yeah, what they're saying, oh, we'll kill all of the potential targets of Hydra, blah blah, blah and it's like, oh, Bruce Banner, Stephen Strange. Okay. Which is interesting, because this is before, in, in terms of Marvel continuity, this is before he becomes Doctor Strange. So, is it just that they knew beforehand? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, although... I think in Doctor Strange, there's there's not any hints that he is anything special. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's just a he goes. Out, he, he has to go out of his way to find this stuff, but who knows? You know. And the the, the post credit scene sets up Age of Ultron. I completely forgot to watch that. What well, what is it? It's just they, they, there's a bunch of Hydra people in a lab. It's like, ooh, look at Loki's staff. It's very powerful. Oh wait, no, I I remember this from the first time I watched that because I remember being bummed out. The film was great, and I was like, oh, okay, it's just. It's just another post-credit scene where they look at a thing and go, mm, it's, 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 it's <laughs> basically all of them, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so that's at least at least in the Civil War one, they gave you more Spider-Man, which was the big talking point of the film, anyway. So, yeah, eh, you know what are you can do. They can't all be winners. I, I think I've talked before, but I, I was kind of I'm past that concept now. You know. Yeah. Other box checking. Stanley was the museum guard. Yep. Not much to it. Said he'd be fired, I believe. Yeah, he was very upset. They did bring back that old cap suit. I like that. Yeah, nice touch. And I was very disappointed, unless I missed one, which I don't think I did. There were zero Hurricane Ranas in this film. No, although I think I, was it, there was a German suplex, was there at one point? Yeah, Cap threw out a German suplex, and Black Widow did do a flying snapmare. So, you know, it's close enough. But yeah, no Hurricane Ranas. Yeah. 
And it's a shame because I also forgot that there's also a lot of fighting in the film. Like, there's a lot of fight scenes. I completely forgot about the elevator fight oh, the scene. Elevator scene. How can we not talk about the elevator scene? That scene is fantastic. That's so great, and it's such a nice contrast as well. Because as I mentioned, all, all the other fight scenes are they're on an interstate highway thing, and they're jumping from level to level, and Cap's running all the way across a boat, and he's barging through rooms. And this one's just little confined space with like twelve dudes. Oh, that's a that's a great scene. And I like how they, they foreshadowed the elevator earlier with um, Samuel L. Jackson's little monologue about his father. Yeah. And it's yeah. just like, this elevator, it's a thing. It's not, you know, you get to see the space beforehand. So when it's crammed with people, it means more. Yeah, exactly. What did, what do you think about the whole, like, uh, surveillance kind of trying to be, like, like newsworthy or, or like, timely? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't necessarily think of it. Well, I, I mean, I guess it is somewhat timely. But my main thing from that was that they kind of established Cap as just this old... It's, I mean, fittingly enough, very American hero kind of, you know, it's about freedom, not fear, I think he said. And, you know, being against the idea of increasingly making your guns and your weapons and your tech increasingly big and dangerous as, as a way of deterring things. Um, you know, I... I eh, you know, it was all right. I mean, I suppose it's, it is somewhat timely, but I, I, I didn't take too much away from it. All came off very Metal Gear Solid to me. Did you see the most recent Bourne film? Yes, yeah. Like the the basic premise of that film, and they literally say this in the film. It's it's like it's like Snowden, but worse. Yeah. And I'm very yeah. happy Winter Soldier was was a little was a little more nuanced than that in terms of trying to include like contemporary issues. Yeah, that kind of bummed me out as well, especially because there was the, like that film in general had a social media kind of slant to it. Um, and I was just like, come on, man, that, that original trilogy is timeless. It could, you could set that in any era in the last 50 years and it would basically work. Um, there was, uh, I wasn't huge on that most recent one, but it was all right. You know, it was okay. Yeah. But Cap, cause Cap is like a character of moral absolutes. Yeah. So when you shove him into morally murky situations, that, that's kind of like an effective formula for a good Captain America film. Yeah. And I think that's kind of encapsulated in, in Bucky as well. Cause he's this, um, it's this it's this tough choice because he's this guy who has to be stopped but but he's not really doesn't have his wits about him and and you know Cap obviously knows that something is wrong because he's not the person he used to be and yeah so he's you know he's a he's a wholesome good guy who's not annoying about it but is still uh, uh, you know tries to to do the morally right thing and struggles with it a lot which is which is very interesting. God, this film is great. It's a pretty damn great film. Like this, this is even a film where like the third act is interesting, which is practically impossible for superhero films. Yeah, really. It's 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 pretty crazy to watch it back. I mean, it 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 achieves everything it sets out to do. You you kind of it gives you more food for thought than any of the previous ones, but like at the same time, also raises the bar for the action and everything. You know, it's it's crazy. Because like pretty much like for every MCU film, more often than not, I'm like all like the drama is never effective in those films. Rarely, yeah. It's always just a thing that's there, and you kind of have to get through it. And there's there's good action, and there's like good one-liners, and that's kind of what gets you through a lot of these films. But like, no, this is this is like a real film. Absolutely, yeah. It's um, it's me. I well, I was gonna say it's maybe the easiest one to show to, to people who don't really like superhero films, but they're all kind of easy to digest. But uh, I think this one's, uh, uh, you know, 
being grounded in a more action espionage like setting and, and tone uh, means it's definitely easy to present to other people. And as we mentioned earlier, it also um, recaps the events of the previous film decently well, covers all the things you got to know. All right, Barry, that is the tremendous Captain America Winter Soldier. Next up is yes. Guardians of the Galaxy, which I that's think a good that, one. That, that's the one-two punch that kind of gave the MCU its reputation as being great. Yeah. Because like going from Winter Soldier to Guardians of the Galaxy, which for me, they're, they're the two best films of the entire universe, assuming Guardians of the Galaxy holds up on rewatch, which fingers crossed, fingers crossed it does. Like I've seen Guardians a couple of times. I watched it when it came out. I watched it just barely before it left theaters again with my girlfriend. I remember because it was in an empty theater and it was also the smallest screen in the, in the theater. Uh, and then I watched it once on Blu-ray. So I've seen that film a couple of times and I, I've never disliked it. I feel like I've enjoyed it pretty much every time. So uh, we'll dive back in there again. I, I definitely agree. I mean, that's that's kind of what got me back into it was was I, I, I finally got around to watching Winter Soldier just before Guardians of the Galaxy, I think. I was like, okay, well, that was awesome. And then I saw Guardians, I was like, okay, well, that was awesome. Okay, now I'm kind of back in after I was lost there with the, with the, with the other stuff not really grabbing me. So, uh, yeah. Okay, before we go, plugs plugs uh as always twitter.com slash the baronet or just type at the baronet if you're at who uses the desktop version i don't really know you could also find me at uh, barry murphy 236 on youtube where i'm playing through various things kind of quiet on there at the moment i'm working on a game of the year video which is taking forever because i got lots to say and then once i say it i gotta go capture game footage and chop it all together and it's a pain but I am very happy with the progress so far. It is it is looking neat. So keep your eye on there. I'm, I'm also probably going to throw up some um, some one-offs, some little bits and pieces, of just random streams, just kind of keep it keep something on there while I'm working on this. Uh, I did this war of mine on PS4 recently, which is a super fun game, and that was a that was a neat little stream. So yeah, people can uh, can check me out on those two places. That is the show for this week. Thank you so much to Barry for coming on the show and talking about Captain America the Winter Soldier. Before long, we'll be back talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. Thank you to Ken. Without him, this podcast would not be possible without you, Ken. You can listen to new episodes of Podcast a Week every single week at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network or subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. <laughs>